Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. Hey there, it's Ryan Seacrest for Safeway. Now that spring is here, it's time to focus on self-care and revitalize your personal care routine. Now through March 26, head in store, shop for all your favorite personal care essentials, and earn four times rewards points. Shop for items like Crest toothpaste, secret deodorant, Old Spice deodorant, or Gillette razors. Offer expires March 26. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com for more details. Welcome to the Hank Haney Podcast, a production of iHeartRadio. Gonna tell it like it really is We know Haney doesn't give a sh Silencing critics, eliminate misses Two chips never accept on shoulders to get better Everybody knows the name, read about it We're golf teachers, hall of fame, never doubt it It's time for the truth, here's our dude You're listening to Haney You're listening to Haney you're listening to Haney. It's time for the truth. Here's our dude. You're listening to Haney. Yeah. Listening to Haney. Welcome to the Hank Haney Podcast. Hank Haney here with you today, and I've got a special guest, uh, Chris DeMarco, PGA Tour player, three-time winner on the PGA Tour. He won the Pennsylvania Classic in 2000, the Buick Challenge in 2001, the Phoenix Open in 2002. He's inducted into the University of Florida Athletic Hall of Fame as a Gator great in 2002. And from 2002 to 2006, he was ranked in the top 10 in the world rankings on the PJ Tour for 61 weeks. I also was a member of the U.S. national team in 2002. Three and 2005 for the President's Cup and the Ryder Cup competitions in 2004 and 2006. He was one of the best players in the world for a, a long time playing the Champions Tour now. And one of the good guys in golf, someone I love to listen to because he'll always give you an opinion. Chris DeMarco is joining me now on the Hank Haney Podcast. Hi, Chris. So I'm uh, finding you in, in Denver. Is that right? Or where, where are you located right now? We are in Denver, yeah. Uh, just joined Cherry Hills a couple of months ago, so unfortunately it's not open because of the pandemic, but um, yeah, we're out here, we're enjoying it. So, uh, and you still have a home in Florida, though, I assume? We have a place that we're renting. We really um, do not have anything that we 
um, we're full time live out in Denver now. Really? So, uh, so yeah. what was the uh, what precipitated the move? So our um, our oldest Christian, who is still um, trying to be a professional golfer, or is a professional golfer, um, aspiring, and our middle daughter actually went to Boulder, and we came out here and visited her. And I was turning fifty and knew I was going to be traveling a lot, and my youngest one was going into high school, was starting. So we figured if she's going to start, we might as well you know, we could start her anywhere. So we decided to make the move. We love being outside. We love to ski. Um, even with this pandemic going on, we've been hiking like crazy and, um, just being outside. So it's, it's, it was just a, a, you know, you don't get many chances in life to, to, to make a move like that. We took advantage of it, just kind of did it. There was, um, not much left in, um, Orlando for us and, or, you know, I don't know if you know how Orlando is, but during the summer, it's brutal. Yeah. And yeah. No doubt nice about it. out here. So, um, yeah, we're, we're loving to move. That's cool. That's cool. Really, really, really good. So, so your, your, your son's playing, uh, I, I was, uh, reading about how you credited him with getting you on track a little bit on the, uh, champions tour this, this year, when you got to play a few tournaments before, uh, you know, things got, got shut down. Uh, he, he organized your short game a little bit for you. Yeah. You know, I went to Morocco and obviously living out in, um, in Colorado, you don't really get to practice much from December to, um, to March because it's, it's pretty cold and there's snow in the ground and all that. But, um, you know, I, I went to Morocco, didn't really play much golf, played only maybe a round or two and really was rusty, especially around the greens. My gosh, I gave so many shots around the greens. And so the week in between Morocco and Naples was a week off. So instead of going back to Denver, I, I decided to, to stay in Tampa where he lives. Um, and I stayed with him and we just practiced the whole week and he went down there and just told me a couple things. I was taking the, that's my short game. You know, my club is going back a little shut instead of kind of rotating back a little bit. And, um, I was getting a little bit long and deselling. And so we just, we, you know, just a few fundamental things that you don't realize you're doing, you know, when you haven't done it for a while. So, um, you know, putting, he helped me with my putting a little bit and, um, we just kind of got myself, believe it or not, just game ready for that one week. And I was ready to go and um, went into Naples with a lot of confidence and obviously played really good, putted really good in Naples. And, um, you know, and obviously just that week of playing golf, of playing golf every day, you know, hitting the driver, hitting the iron, getting my distance control back and, and just shoring up the short game, you know, obviously put me in a good place. You know, it's a, it's amazing because I, I, I talk to, you know, people all the time and I tell them, I said, the difference between a, a scratch player and a touring pro is, you know, five or six shots. I mean, I, I, I say that a, a, a scratch player, if he goes to play in a tournament, you know, where you're keeping score and the pressure's on and it's not your home course. I mean, a, a scratch player who thinks he's going to shoot 72, you know, shoots 77 or 78 pretty much every time. Uh, you, you look, you, you played in Morocco and you shoot 79, 76, 77. And then you come back the next is with like the next tournament and you shoot 68, 64, 69. And I mean, it's funny because people always say like, you know, amateur golfers, they go, I'm just not consistent. Well, I mean, nobody's consistent in a game of golf. It, it, it's so hard. And the, the line, I mean, it just uh, clearly it's so it's such a fine line. I mean, that's incredible that you can turn your game around in one week like that. <laughs> it was it was pretty funny because I was in I was in the last group off the wrong nine in Morocco and I was in the last group on the correct nine in Naples on Sunday. So 
Um, yeah, you know, it, it is. I always say the same thing. I, I, you know, all, all these people that, you know, have these scratch golfers, um, at their clubs with the exception of Augusta national, the guy who plays the bar, I forget his name, but the guy who's the marker. Yeah. yeah. For them. <laughs> but he can, he can really play. Oh man. You know, you put him in front of people, you put him in front of crowds with the cameras on and they might be able to shoot to 67 at their home course. Um, you know, on any given day, but you put them in, in a situation like that and you just don't really see him stepping up to the plate like they should. So it's, um, you know, there is, there's is a lot, a lot to go with it. I mean, obviously you have to not only manage your game and, um, you know, understand what scoring is all about, but also manage your nerves and manage everything that goes with the game. I mean, you know, as well as anybody, I mean, you, you coach the greatest player probably ever live and, you know, that guy had it all. I mean, you know, you just had to get him in the right direction because mentally he was the strongest and obviously his swing was probably the best there was. And, um, you know, it is, it, it's a, it's a total different, it, it is a fine line between a professional golfer and a really good, um, country club player but that fine line is like you said three four five six shots yeah yeah i know that you know okay so the the, the fellow the augusta member's name is jeff knox you, you i mean i know you remember it now right. that i've said it yeah yeah yeah. but um and and i've, I've played with jeff i played with him one time uh, there with with tiger but it's you know it's funny because people say well this guy's a great player or that guy's a great player or this amateur who's the best celebrity you know player whatever uh Jeff Knox, he's he's probably the he's probably the best amateur player. I, I mean, I've seen that didn't play you know professional golf. I mean, wouldn't you say? I mean, the scores that he's yeah. I know it's just he's just out there playing, but it's, it's you're not just out there playing at Augusta. No, and I mean he's playing in front of crowds. I mean the only only people I kind of like in that too would would be you know Jay Jay Siegel and Alan Doyle. And once they reach fifty, they they turn professionals. But those guys were you know perennial. Um, you know, Walker Cup players every year. I mean, they were they were great players and winning tournaments with the kids. And then when they finally turned fifty, both of them won on the Champions Tour. So obviously they had a lot of game also. But yeah, I mean, Jeff is is amazing. I mean, I'm sure you know. Again, he's getting to play his home course all the time, and um, that is an advantage. And he gets to play, you know. But he holds his own. I mean, it doesn't yeah. matter who he's playing with on that on that Saturday or Sunday. Um, you know half the time he beats them and yeah. it's pretty amazing <laughs> it's pretty pretty cool all right so uh, talk, talk about your game your expectations well, i got a lot i want to get into with you and then obviously we're going to talk about uh, the masters and augusta but um you you mentioned after the chub classic where you you know you, you had a chance you, you said i you know i you know if i don't win this year you know that'll be one thing but i i, I want to I'd be disappointed if I didn't get in contention at least a few more times to have a chance to win. Talk about that mindset. Yeah, I mean, obviously this this horrific pandemic that's going around. Obviously, we wish everybody safe safety and and to kind of follow the guidelines of, of social distancing and staying inside if they can. But before it all happened, it was you know the game was right where it needed to be. I just came off a good week in um, Newport Beach where I finished like I think a thirteenth. So. Um, the game was really shaping around. I mean, I was really starting to put myself in the right position um, week in and week out and, you know, playing with the right guys, obviously playing with Bernard and um, Stephen Leaney on Sunday in, in Naples and then playing with Fred Couples and Jay Haas in Newport Beach on Sunday. So I was getting my feet wet with getting in the in the big picture again and, and you know, being able to handle my nerves and doing everything I needed when it mattered. I mean, you know, I think that the the most important thing to golf is scoring. I think that that's what I wasn't doing and controlling your nerves and being comfortable on the golf course, and you know, performing your best when it seems like it's the most nervous time, I think is the most important thing in golf. And that's what I was getting to. So obviously, 
who knows when the last time we're going to tee it up for real, but um, I'm actually going to start to try to play as much golf as I can. It's been almost three weeks since I've played golf. Um, I've swung some clubs, but a lot of stuff is closed out here. You can't really go out and do anything. I know in Florida, they, they, they deemed, um, golf essential, but it, it's, it's tough to, to get to Florida right now. Um, being in Denver, I, I, mean, I wish we were there and I could be playing with my son every day. He's playing every single day. But, um, so for me, it's just about not letting myself come out like I did in Morocco and be completely rusty. And, um, it's about being prepared and, and getting ready. So I'm, I'm going to do everything I can to kind of do that. What's the like, you know, I mean, you've had some injuries and, but what's, what's the longest you've, you've gone without playing? And what, what do you think about most of the guys on, on tour? I mean, this is a, this break and is, is like so unusual for, I mean, probably most everybody. Yeah. You know, I've been following a lot of guys on Twitter and Instagram. A lot of guys are out hitting balls and at least, you know, doing that part. Um, for me, it was definitely between, um, the end of the year last year in Morocco was, was definitely my longest stretch. I mean, I, you know, being living in Orlando, you know, you, you know how that is Florida, you can play year round. Yeah. So I would play, you know, I'd never took more than three days off in Orlando and to take 35 days off without touching a club was, was a lot. And it showed for sure. Um, and you know, the fact that I know that for me, it doesn't take long for me to rebound kind of back, um, you know, be, being at one full week with my son and, in Tampa and, and it kind of got me right back on track. I and mean, I know that that's what all it takes. So I will do that um, for sure. And it is tough. I mean, it's, you know, I think, you know, playing competitively is, is something that is, is, is overlooked. Um, you know, you look what Tiger went through when he took all that time off and, you know, I think it was 2018 or 17 when he was in Phoenix. I mean, he looked at him and he thought, who is this guy? I've, I've never seen anything like it. I mean, when he was chipping around the greens and, you know, shooting 80. And I mean, it was like, this is so far not the Tiger that I'm used to seeing. And then once he got his competitiveness back and started playing tournaments and started playing on a regular basis, um, it, it all came back to him. And, and obviously, look what he's done in the last year and a half. So, yeah, yeah. Um, it's, it's really just about being in a competitive, you know, field again. Yeah, I mean, I mean, well, you're you're saying the same thing. I mean, you, you know, for a, a four year period of time, I mean, you spent most of the time in, in the top ten in the world, or, or right there, and contended in, you know, so many major championships. And now you're talking about getting your feet wet again. I mean, it, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it's 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 interesting. I mean, I it is, it is. You know, and doing doing the Golf Channel for four and a half years. Um, still playing a lot of golf, but not playing really any any golf where they announce your name on the first tee. I mean, I, I didn't really do any of that. And, you know, you, you get back to that and you finally get to do it. And you're like, wow, this is, this is different. You know, I mean, you know, you get so used to it and, and I'm back to that now. I mean, it took me a good year, um, you know, from my birthday in August of 18 to probably June of last year to kind of be used to that and, and still have that nervous feeling, but be able to control it. I think yeah. that's the most important thing is be able to, that's, I think what separates a really good amateur player from a professional is is being able to control the nerves and be able to you know still perform under those situations. You think that's the biggest thing? I do. I think that's the most important thing. I think that's that's where that's where it all you know it kind of separates kind of for lack of better words men from the boys is is that when the heat's on you know who do you want to have that putt? Would you rather have your 
your member or would you rather have a touring pro? And I think you'd rather have a touring pro. <laughs> well, you've made a lot of big putts. So uh, obviously, you, you know what you're talking about. Let's let's take a little break. I want to I want to get into a little Masters talk. It's a, okay. obviously Masters week, but uh, there's no Masters being played, although it's going to be played in November. So I want to get your thoughts on on that as well. But we'll hear from our sponsors. We'll be right back on the Hank Any Podcast with Chris DeMarco. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infinity QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. Hey there, it's Ryan Seacrest for Safeway. Now that spring is here, it's time to focus on self-care and revitalize your personal care routine. Now through March 26, head in store, shop for all your favorite personal care essentials, and earn four times rewards points. Shop for items like Crest Toothpaste, Secret Deodorant, Old Spice Deodorant, or Gillette Razors. Offer expires March 26. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com for more details. All right, Chris. So, where, where are we going to start here with 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 Augusta? Oh man, you know the, <laughs> the the I hate to bring this up, but the 2005 Masters was when that was the first major that Tiger won when when I was was coaching him. Uh, I will say this though, I, I got to start off with this. People ask me like, "What's the greatest shot you've ever seen?" And it's your shot on number nine. That was a pretty good shot. That oh, was a pretty good shot. From- That's the greatest <laughs> shot I've ever seen. A hanging lie. Come on. Oh my gosh. T- talk about that shot. You know, it was it, it was like one that the whole before actually on the eighth hole, I hit it down the fairway, and when I was walking off the tee, my driver had actually came off, and um, that week it was so wet, as you know, and so I had Ping make me um, a new driver with like 0.75 degrees more loft on it. So I could just carry it maybe eight, six, eight yards further. Um, cause I knew I wasn't going to get any rolling up. Obviously I wasn't the longest guy in the world. So, um, you know, it, so for me, um, um, you know, getting on the ninth tee and hitting my old driver that I've been using the whole time, um, was fine. I just, but I hit it just up the fairway and it just caught the rough. And I had, I think I had 190 or whatever pin front left. And anybody who's been there knows that, the further back you are, the less angle you have to that pin. And 
my irons were so good that week. I, <laughs> I just, I hit a four iron that kind of never left the hole and it rolled up there to about four or five feet. And, um, I think Tiger hit a wedge in there about 10 feet, eight feet right of the hole. And I think walking up to the green, I said, are you tired of getting putt? Are you tired of putting first? And he <laughs> kind of gave me one of those little smirks, like, you know, whatever. And, um, you know, it was, um, it was, it was, fun. it was fun. That was, that was a good shot. And, uh, my iron play was so good that week. My putting was good that week. I made so many putts in the front nine. I, I lipped out so many putts in that front nine. I hit so many good shots in there. And, you know, obviously to, to narrow the gap just a little bit on Tiger going to the back nine was, I felt pretty confident. I really did. And, you know, obviously he was working on things with his swing. Obviously, um, he wasn't, you know, I played with Tiger in 01. My first time I ever played with them was in the last group on Saturday, my first time playing Augusta and my first time playing with Tiger. Um, you know, that was pretty flawless the way he played that yeah. round and went on to win, which it ended up being the Tiger slam. But, um, of course, it, different you know, course back then too, though. It was a different course. It was. It wasn't as long, um, you know, and and really more suitable for me back then. Um, even 05 was still pretty suitable for me. Um, but come now, I, I don't even know if I could even compete on that course because it's so so long. I mean, I think um, later, like 08 or something like that, I think I hit three iron in the number one one day, and that's as you know, that's not a three iron green, yeah, for sure, yeah. and. Um, but yeah, no, that shot on number nine was great. It was obviously a great confidence booster going to the back nine. And by that time, when we went to the back nine, Tiger and I were so far ahead of everybody else, it was pretty much a match play from there on. Yeah, I mean, and well, you didn't mention the fact that the the hanging lie too. I mean, I think, <laughs> I mean, I was like, you know, I, I was up by the green watching that shot, and and I, I swear to God, I mean, it looked like you're. You're like, you know, standing on your head. I mean, it, 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 people don't realize how big a slope that is. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it set up for the shot I was trying to hit, which was obviously trying to hit something just off the left bunker and let it kind of, the lie was kind of dictating just a little bit of a cut. So, um, all I really was concentrating on was just trying to hit it solid. I knew that if I hit it solid, I could get it up in the air and, and hold it. And, um, you know, it was one of those shots that just came off. I mean, for sure. every time people ask me, what's the best shot you've ever seen? That's one of them that, uh, that comes to mind. I mean, it, 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 just, <laughs> that was, it just is for me. I mean, it was just I appreciate incredible. That. You, that, you, was, uh, that was fun. You played, you played so, so good. Of course, you, you know, you, you end up losing in a, in a playoff, uh, and you know, boy, oh boy. I mean, how, how do you reflect back on that? I mean, that's a, I mean, it is a life-changing moment, but I mean, it, I mean, you you couldn't have done much more. I mean, you played so well. I mean, I mean, how do you how do you process all that in your mind still to this day? Yeah, you know, I, I I've never gotten so much recognition for finishing second. I can promise you that. Um, the thing about it is, is that you know, all the, the times that I finished second at in '04, lost the playoff to VJ and Justin yeah. Leonard in at Whistling Straits, and then. The 06 um, Hoy Lake um, British Open, the Tiger, and all those I made birdies down the stretch. So, you know, I I, I just got beat, which is something that you can kind of keep your head high on. I never really made bogeys down the stretch to, um, you know, to to lose. Um, you know, I can't go back and say, gosh, I should have won that, but I bogeyed 16 and 18, and and that cost me it. You know, I know that, and I was telling uh, Michael Collins yesterday that. You know, if somehow Tiger would have lost that Masters, I think that that would have gone down as his his personal worst defeat because he did bogey 17 and 18, and so not like Tiger. And I think that that would be one that he would say probably got away from him. If I would have somehow won that, 
Um, and the way he finished, I mean, obviously made a great chip on 16. Wasn't his best iron shots for sure on 16, but made a great chip to make birdie. But um, the fact that he played 16, 17, and 18, one over to kind of let me back in it was, um, you know, unlike Tiger um, in, in his day. So, um, you know, I can reflect and go, I pushed the greatest player in the world to the limits on the greatest golf course in the world and the biggest tournament in the world. So um, I really have no regrets. I mean, I, I did all I could. I just got beat. And that, you know, you you got to sometimes just, you know, tip your hat to the other guy. Yeah, yeah. So my my producer, Minnesota Tim, who you've talked to, uh, and, and he was with us at, at SiriusXM. So anyway, Minnesota Tim thinks every time a uh, touring pro hits a bad shot on like uh, 17 or 18 or coming in on the stretch, he, he calls it a choke. <laughs> and, and I and I'm like I'm like you have no idea how hard the game is. I mean, you know, and, and we're talking about uh, you know the 17th and 18th holes at Augusta, and we're you know talking about uh, Tiger and and you know the bogeys that he made that, that you mentioned. I mean, how, okay, so how do you rationalize a, a, a player, uh, you know, bogey in a hole coming in, or yourself when it's happened to you? I mean, it's you can look back and think of all the times that you, you birdied those holes, like you said, when I, you know, you finished with, with birdies. So, I mean, clearly you're performing under pressure, but uh, talk some sense into Minnesota, Tim, or do you agree with them? <laughs> no, I don't agree with them. I think it's funny. I love, I love the people that sit on the couch and go, how do you miss that five footer when it counts? And, and the reason I say that is because I play so many pro-ams and, you know, I, I get with these guys that are, you know, pretty good players or they're, CEOs or CFOs or whatever they might be. And they get on the first green and they have that first five footer and they, you know, they basically, they're so nervous. They don't even hit the hole. And I'm like, okay, this is in a pro-am on the first hole on a Wednesday. Think about what it's like on a Sunday on the 17th hole at Augusta with everybody watching with the cameras on you, what the nerves are going to be like. Okay. One thing that the touring pros have, and if they don't have, then there's something wrong with them. They have nerves. I mean, and the difference is how you control those nerves. and you know, you look down the stretch for me, I was nervous on all the way down coming down the stretch, but I had so much confidence in my game that I didn't let it, you know, affect it. So I was able to, to at least still put the good stroke on it and knew that I was going to make the putt. And that's all, you know, confidence is, is the number one thing. And, you know, that's the one thing about Tiger is that Tiger had a belief in what you guys were working on. So he was under the gun for Tiger. You know, he, he hadn't, I don't think in his own mind, probably had enough reps to where he felt a hundred percent comfortable. So there was just that little bit of doubt in there and you could tell, and, and he even admitted it that, you know, he was working on some stuff with you guys, but he trusted it down the stretch and, you know, he didn't pull it off, but he still had the where for all to trust it. And that, that's something that, you know, I think you got to do. And that's what the greatest players in the world do. Yeah. That's a good point because I mean, like, like a lot of times I think of when guys are, are really, you know, quote unquote choking, I mean, they, they bail out without even giving it an attempt, you know? I mean, like, they, right. don't, they don't even, like, focus on what they're doing. They, they just, you know, I see this in amateurs, like, they'll just kind of hit it and get it over with. I mean, there's something to that, isn't there? There is. I mean, yeah, absolutely. I know that for me, what I try to do is is I know my my tendencies, and my tendencies are to get quick. And if I get quick, I'm I'm not going to hit a good shot. It's almost like, or even with, on the putting green, if I, if I have a, a putt that means a lot, if I can just sit back and take a deep breath and just really make my stroke really slow and try to make it, you know, just a little accelerating through and really concentrate on my 
fundamentals on my basics and not think about the moment as much, I tend to put a better stroke on it. If I get up there and I try to get it over with, I tend to put that quick, you know, bad stroke on it. So I know that for me, my tendency is to get quick. So I'll walk a little slower. I'll maybe, you know, talk about the shot I want to hit with my caddy a little bit, a little bit more, even though in my mind, I probably know the shot I want to hit, but just maybe take back a little bit and just kind of maybe take that extra eight to 10 seconds before the shot, just to kind of give myself a chance to hit it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, let me ask you, let me ask you, ask you this, you know, you had eight professional wins, your big win on the European tour, uh, and then uh, three wins on the PGA Tour, uh, twice a runner-up in majors where you lost in playoffs, uh, another time a runner-up at uh, Hoy Lake. You mentioned the Open Championship to Tiger win. You know, arguably, that was the, you know, his greatest ball-striking week ever. And, uh, you know, well, the President's Cup teams, uh, the, the Ryder Cup teams, you made the, the winning putt to clinch the president's cup 2000, 2005. I and mean, what do you, when you look back, I mean, what do you, uh, view as the, as the, uh, highlight of your career? Is it, uh, getting inducted into the university of Florida hall of fame? I know you're, <laughs> you're such a, a Gator fan. That's always a huge accomplishment that. And yeah, I mean, that was, um, obviously I've, I've been fortunate to have a lot of great things happen in my career. What I wish there were some more. Absolutely. Um, and are there, are they done? Hopefully not. I mean, hopefully I can add a few feathers to the cap on the champions tour. That that's what the goal is. Um, maybe get a major that I never got in regular tour on, on the champions tour. There you go. Um, and you know, yeah, I mean, the president's cup was great. I mean, I, I've been an Italian, um, being a huge Gator fan, um, team sports are very passionate to me. And, you know, as you know, golf is about the most individual sport there is out there. And, you know, maybe, once a year, if you're lucky, if you're one of the top 12 guys, you can, you can be on a team atmosphere and to play those Ryder cups and president's cups and get the camaraderie you get in the locker room and then have the chance to, you know, my idol growing up was Jack, was Jack Nicholas. I mean, other than my father was Jack Nicholas. So, um, you know, for me to get the chance to, to, to make that putt, I mean, that was a true team effort that week. We all played really solid golf, but I was just in a position where, you know, the, the putt mattered. I mean, it was funny. I'm thinking about that putt and, you know, I'm going, okay, I could, I can make this putt and we clinched the, the, the president's cup. I could two putt and, you know, maybe Phil makes it up ahead of me or gosh, I knock it four feet by and I lose it. So, I mean, you know, you never know in your mind what you're thinking and for it to go in and, and really basically no pun intended, get a big bear hug from, um, from Jack Nicholas was, yeah, that's pretty was, cool. was a pretty big highlight to tell you the truth. And then have the whole team come up and kind of, you know, embrace me and my wife run up on the green. I mean, it was it was a pretty cool, certainly um, one of those things that I won't ever forget. And, uh, you know, it was pretty awesome. And then, you know, just having chances in majors, um, you know, winning on the tour, you know, just validates the fact that you are a good enough golfer. You know, winning is hard. I mean, what Tiger's done is unreal. 82 wins. You know, I mean, you look at the second best right now in this era. And it's Tiger. I mean, Phil Mickelson at 40 over 40. And then Davis loves up there and Dustin Johnson's 20. I mean, you're not seeing a guy's yeah. you know, win 30, 35, 40 times anymore. It just doesn't happen. So, you know, if you can win any times in, in your career, I mean, Tiger winning at a 25% clip is, is unheard of is, is amazing. I mean, Phil, you know, has 40 wins and wins at about a 5% time. I mean, in, what other sport is that good? It doesn't happen if you only win 5% of the time. So, um, you know, you, you see all these great young players now and you see that, you know, look at a guy like Ricky Fowler. How's that guy not won more tournaments? Yeah. Um, you know, and you know, he's got everything. He's an unbelievable putter. He's an unbelievable mental game. He's an unbelievable ball striker. And yet he's only won three or four times. So, 
you know, it, it's it's crazy how hard it is to win on the PGA Tour because it seems like as good as you're playing, there's always five or six guys playing as good, if not better. Hmm. Yeah, well, I mean, it, it, it certainly seems that way because, I mean, you bring up a good good point with Ricky Fowler. I mean, he's like seemingly like incredible. I play with Ricky. I mean, I'm like, oh, my God, this guy's so good. How does he not win more? But, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I – I used to ask Tiger that sometimes when I was with him. You know, we'd, somebody be on the range at Alworth, and I'd look over and I said, "Man, that guy's a really good player." I said, "Why do you think he doesn't win more?" And and he would he would say, well, "You know, there's always a reason why they don't win." Yeah, you know, and and I mean, I, I, I guess I guess that's true when you, you you look at 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 you know all the players, but man, it's just it's so hard to win. It's like when you know, and people say. Tiger would have won this, or he'd have won this many tournaments, or this many. I was listening to the podcast yesterday, and they said if 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 they hadn't changed all the equipment, Tiger would have won twenty five majors. I'm like, what? I mean, <laughs> you know how hard it is. To, I mean, I like even when he was winning, and he you know he won six of them when I was with him. I honestly, Chris, I never I never thought it was a given that he'd win another one. I mean, it just it's hard to win. It is hard to win, especially you know, kind of nowadays. I mean, you saw. Brooks Kepka go through an unbelievable run. You saw Jordan Spieth go through an unbelievable run. And, you know, it, it's hard to maintain that. I mean, I don't think people give Tiger enough credit for the run that he had for those 17, 18 straight years where he was contending and winning majors. I don't think people give him enough credit. I think they took it for granted, to yeah. tell you the truth, because it's hard. You can maintain it for three, four years and, and be that guy. But when you're the guy that's always trying to get knocked down, it's hard to maintain that. And, you know, and, and Tiger did it for, for 17 years. And that's something that is, it, it, it really will we'll never see that again. Yeah. I mean, especially yeah. with injuries in the game and, you know, you can lose a little bit of confidence. You, you know, you look at Brooks Kepka. I mean, even as great as he was a year and a half ago to where he is now, I mean, he's missing cuts. He's not really contending. I mean, it's, you know, everybody thought he was the next Tiger. He was always, so he only cared about majors and he always did, you know, he was saying all the right things, but you yeah. know what you if you want to talk to talk, you better walk the walk. And, you know, Tiger was able to do that for a long period of time that I don't think anybody will ever even come close to. Yeah. And we talk, talk about the, so this is something that, that I heard everybody talk about all the time, but I got to be honest with you. I didn't see it. Okay. And this is this, you know, intimidation of, you know, that, that Tiger had, I mean, I just thought he was just better than everybody to be honest with you. Right. But, but when I watched like, like, you know, at the at the you know 2005 Masters, I mean, you sure didn't look like you're intimidated. I mean, I'm looking at it, I'm thinking like he's playing better than he's ever played in his life. I mean, that that shot off number nine and this shot and, the, and like you said, your 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 iron play was incredible. And I'm like, he doesn't look like he's being intimidated. And I'm and, and then numerous guys would beat Tiger in the match play tournaments, and, and you know, I'd look at him and I, they'd play the best they've ever played. Right. So I, 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 it's just, I heard people talk about it all the time and Tiger intimidates people and this and that. But I said, I, but I like when I was watching, I, I felt like, man, he better hit the shots. These guys aren't going away. I, what, what are your thoughts on that subject? Three points. One that I think that the, the, the guys that were expected, Davis Love, Phil Mickelson, Colin Montgomery, guys like that, I think that there was an intimidation factor for sure. Um, other than Phil, I think Phil loved to, loved the competition and, and, you know, tried to put himself up to that level. And I think, like you said, I think Tiger was just better than everybody. And he was, and I knew that that's the one thing I knew. So I, he never intimidated me without a doubt. I, I knew he was better than me. I knew that he could hit, you know, on, on a 
a tournament basis on a day, you know, he, he was going to probably beat me most tournaments, but on a daily basis, if I could hang with them, I could get them on a daily basis. And so the intimidation factor was never there. And if you look at a lot of his, his, um, his losses at the match play, it, it was in the first round or second round. It wasn't in the, you know, the, the, the semifinals or the finals. If he got that far, he usually won it. And, um, you know, it, it was usually against the guy that, you know, I don't want to say Tiger took for granted, no, but a guy a that point. had nothing to lose, yeah. you know? And so they were just going out there and they weren't expected to win. There was no expectations on them. They could go around their business and, you know, they put a 65, 66 up on Tiger. He better play his game. And then the other thing that Tiger had that, that I don't think people give him credit for too, is he would always put himself in position on that Sunday to win a golf tournament. It's very rare. I think, I think the grip is the only guy that ever came from behind him and why Yang are the only two guys that ever come from behind and beat Tiger Woods. But Ed, Ed Fiore, Ed Fiore, the grip. Yeah, the grip, right. Ed Fiore. <laughs> and so if you look, if you look at that, Tiger had a knack about just doing enough to do what he had to do to win. You know what? If nobody was pressuring him, he'd go about his business and shoot a 73 win by three shots. Yeah. But if people were pressuring him, he put the foot down and he would shoot 68 and still win by three shots. Yeah. He just kind of did what it, it, and that's hard to do in the game of golf. You know, it, it it's kind of like, you know, I hate the two, the, um, the, the team that's winning in football and they take their foot off the gas and they try to run out the clock instead of just playing what they've done to have a 14 point lead, just go and try to make it a 21 point lead. And, you know, and it tends to give another team, if they make a stop, the momentum and it shifts. Tiger was able to kind of, you know, never let the momentum shift off to him and keep it. And that's something that's hard to do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, was, I mean, he's just so good in, in so many areas. One of the things, he's just such an incredible lag putter. So it allowed him to play with the lead so so well. I mean, he didn't have yep. to push his iron play. He could, you know, I mean, not Very only would he two-putt, but yeah, not only would he two-putt, but most of the time he just had a tap in. I mean, it's one thing yeah. if you're two-putting and having to mark every single one and sweating over a five or six-footer. That's that's different than just walking up there and brushing one in. Exactly. And and very underrated putter. I mean, he, I mean, I, I played with him at the, in the 2001 U S open 2002 U S open up in Bethpage and terrible conditions, but his putting that, that week, those first two days was un, unbelievable. I mean, he had like a four shot lead after two days. and It was because he didn't miss a putt inside eight feet in those conditions. It was, it was ridiculous. It really was. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. Great stuff. All right. We're going to take, take another break, uh, hear from our sponsors, including my voodoo pain relief cream. If you got aches and pains, arthritis, pain, back pain, shoulder pain, hip pain, try voodoo pain relief cream. Uh, Go on the website, check out the testimonials from people that have used it and you will, you'll be amazed and you try it yourself. It's going to, it's going to help you. You can get a free two week supply right now on the front page of the website. Just go on there, voodoopainrelief.com. We'll be right back on the Hank Any Podcast with Chris DeMarco. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. 
Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. Hey there, it's Ryan Seacrest for Safeway. Head in store and shop for all your favorite personal care essentials to earn four times rewards points. Shop for products from Olay, Always, Gillette, Vicks, and Crest. Plus, check out new items like Mr. Clean Magic Eraser Ultra Thick Multi-Surface Cleaner. No more sponges or other cleaning products needed. And Head & Shoulders Bare Soothing Hydration Shampoo, a new kind of anti-dandruff shampoo with only nine ingredients. Offer expires March 26. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com for more details. All right, so Chris, let's let's go back to the to the Masters this year. Obviously, with the pandemic and all the the issues we got going on, uh, they they're switching the schedules all around. So they came up with the November uh, Masters. Were, were you surprised, or did you did you think they were going to figure some way to get the Masters in? I figured that they were going to do something to get it in. And actually, you know, they're pretty smart because the later, the better. I mean, I still think tournaments in September could be, you know, in trouble. I mean, I hope not. I mean, I, I'm ready to get back on the golf course and, and hit some shots and, and play some golf. And, you know, and I, I couldn't even imagine what economically, you know, I know that this, this, the country's in trouble right now, but I couldn't even imagine what it would be like if, if football got canceled. Oh, I know. I mean, economically, I'm, I'm what it would thinking do for the same country. thing. Yeah. So, um, you know, so November would be great. I know that it, you know, what people don't realize, they still think Georgia is a Southern state. I can tell you one thing, it gets pretty, it gets very cold, right? very nippy in, in, you know, in Georgia near Atlanta, Augusta, um, come November and, um, conditions are going to be different. Uh, you know, they're so going to so see the, ball the flowers, the ball won't go as far. I mean, that'll be, that'll yep. be one thing, right? It won't be as pretty. It's going to be, yeah. um, the, the flowers will not be blooming and, um, I'm sure they'll fly in brand new flowers for that week just to make sure it looks like Augusta. But, um, I mean, it's going to be, yeah, the course is going to play a lot longer. Um, I think you could potentially have more dormant conditions, um, which, which could make it play faster. Um, the greens could be ultimate speed there because obviously they have the, um, they have the suction in there that they can pull out the moisture. Um, but it's going to be, it's going to be fun to see. I mean, you're going to see guys in sweaters and, um, it's going to be some cold weather and, um, it's going to be a great test. I mean, it kind of, you know, likens me to the conditions that Zach Johnson won in, um, where he won with one over par. I mean, it was just, you know, kind of windy and, and cold and, um, you know, just tough, tough conditions. So if it gets like that, it lets more guys in the game. I, you know, I think it, it brings out to me a guy, you know, like Rory McIlroy. I mean, if there's ever a chance for him, I mean, obviously there's always a chance for him as good as a player as he is, but you know, the way he drives the golf ball and as far as he hits it and you know, the right to left, it's a huge advantage for him. Um, you know, and I think it's, it's anybody who the bomber guys, I think are the guys that are going to be an advantage in November. I just think because the cold weather, 
um, you know, you're, you're talking almost a club difference, you know, 10, 15 yards with your driver and the guys that can hit those drives out there, 300 plus still in those conditions are, are the guys that are, are going to be up there. Is Rory the, the best player in the game? Um, you know, I, I think he's, he's one of the best players. I don't think there's any clear number one. I mean, I think okay. he's, he's got the, um, you know, he might, if he is, he it's, it's by a, a smidge. I mean, you look at a guy like John Rom. if that guy gets just a little bit better emotion wise on the golf course, I think that he, you know, he's got all the talents it takes. I think he lets his emotions sometimes get in the way. I mean, you know, if you look at Tiger, it never looked like an emotion got in his way. I mean, he getting out of himself, but it never affected a shot. Um, you know, Rory has that same, same type of mindset. Brooks has that same type of mindset, but you can go down the line. I mean, there's just, you know, one guy after another, Justin Thomas. I mean, any of these guys in any given week with a chance to win, I think can step up and, and take it from the other guys. So, um, it, there is no clear favorite anymore. Um, and I think it's good for the game. I think the fact, um, you know, there is that bad guy in the game with Patrick Reed that nobody kind of likes. And, um, you know, you know, he's good for the, that way. Tiger has turned away. Tiger, not because he's a bad guy, but just because people hated the fact that he won so much, mm-hmm. was that kind of villain, um, you know, where Patrick Reed is just a villain. <laughs> he just chooses <laughs> he just chooses to have people not like him and amazingly to me can perform under that. It, it's it's shocking and it's an you know attribute to him and my hat's off to him that, you know, that he can play, you know, with that much scrutiny on himself and, and, and basically feed off of it. It is something that you know it, it, it's good for the game i mean he's good for the game of golf yeah yeah and he, i mean he, he definitely believes in himself there's no doubt about that yeah yeah i mean is that is you know like you talked about the confidence i mean that that you have to have i mean yeah it's so hard to look at player okay like you look at you look at your son who's who's you know trying to get on the the pga tour I mean, the attribute you have to have, I guess. I mean, it's like you said, just the the mental attributes, the confidence. I mean, is that is that what separates guy? I mean, what, what what's holding your son back? Give me give me analysis. Yeah, of no, his it, game. it's confidence. It, you know what it is? It's it's basically going out one tournament on a mini tour event and going out and shooting. You know, on a three day event, going out and shoot sixty five, sixty six, sixty five, and winning by six shots. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those weeks. You know, it's it's one of those ones where he just goes out and he proves to himself that, you know, oh, I, I can do this. Oh yeah, there it is. And that's what it took for me last year in Des Moines. You know, I was struggling again with, with playing and I went out that first day and shot 65 and I went, Whoa, okay. It's in there. There it is. Yeah. After I all you've it. done, you need, you needed that to, you just need to, it. Re- yeah, you just to return it on, huh? Absolutely. Just to kind of, you know, get that confidence back in you, in yourself and go, wow, there I can. Okay. It's, it's still in there. You know, I mean, everybody's telling me it's still in there, but until you see it, and you ultimately believe it, then that's when you can, you know, you can kind of put the, the nerves aside and, and, and believe in yourself and go, okay, now it's just myself holding myself back. Stop holding yourself back and go out and let it happen. And, you know, that, that's what really has to happen. I mean, I, I never forget my dad always tell me, you don't realize how good you are. When you realize how good you are is when you're going to start winning a lot of money and, and contending and winning golf tournaments. And that's, he was spot on. And I tell my son that too. I say, you, you got it. I told him as, as a dad, of course, I love you. You're my son. You're the best. I want you to do everything. But as a professional golfer and as Chris DeMarco, the professional golfer, you got what it takes. You have it. When the when the money's on the line, when when the putt needs to be made, you have it. I've seen you do it. You've got that inside. You can't teach that. Hmm. That you can't teach. You have that. So now you just have to get yourself to that point so that you give you give yourself a chance to do, do that. And 
and and show that you have it. And that's what it is. It's about, you know, it's a learning curve. And for him, he's a different player than me. He's a, he's more of a, a range and, and, you know, a, a technique guy and, you know, position guy, or I was just a, a field guy, go out and play golf and, you know, go play and play and play and play. And now with this pandemic going on, he's been playing a lot more golf because the ranges aren't really open. And so he's going to play good and, for him, huh? It's been great for him, and, and and he's starting to see some good rounds. I mean, he was six under through nine the other day. I mean, he was doing some good stuff. So, um, you know, he's really starting to play. And I said, you know, you can hit that summer on range, you know, 175 yards, you know, 10 times in a row, but, you know, you might have 170 yards, and the wind might be in off the left, and there might be water right. And, you know, you have to play those shots, and that's that's what it's about. It's about being able to control your ball under the circumstances and, you know, on golf course conditions, not just on a range. Does he, does he uh, soak up what you say? He does. He listens to me now. And again, you know, he's, he's such a good player and, and so we're so competitive with each other. You know, obviously neither one of us wants to lose to the other one. Um, I always tell him all the time, if you beat me and I, and I shoot 72, then congrats. That's great. I want you to beat me when I shoot 65. And yeah. I want to beat you when you shoot 65. That's when we're doing it the right way. When we're both seven, eight under par coming down the stretch and we're having a chance to beat each other. That when we're shooting 71s and 72s, who cares who wins? Because we're not beating anybody. Because we're just finishing 50th and 51st in that position, you know. Yeah. So we want we want to shoot we want to beat each other shooting 65 and 64. So I've got a I've got a, a seven year old son. It's my only child. Uh, at what age do they start listening to you? <laughs> it's so funny. My my son up until probably about 12 or 13 years old would listen to a 15 handicap before he'd listen to me because I was dad, <laughs> you know, and oh, it was. And, and so he finally started, you know, when he got, was getting good and I'd watch him and, and, you know, and I would never show any emotion when I watched him play. I just kind of, if he made a birdie, I, I cheered, but I never, if he did something bad, I never, you know, showed any disappointment. I was disappointed for him. I certainly wasn't disappointed in him. Right. And, um, you know, and then I would just talk after the round with him and I would go, okay, so what were your, were your thoughts on this, this hole? And, you know, we can't get it back, but let's, let's maybe this, if we talk about it, it'll help you. So. You know, when we started talking about his rounds and he'll call me up and he'll talk to me and tell me what he did, um, you know, because I always tell him, like, my advice to him is, is I think he's too aggressive a putter. I thought Tiger was the same way, you know, when when he would, you know, Tiger missed. The only time he ever missed like four footers is because he lipped him out. because He used to hit him so hard. Mm-hmm. And I always felt like if Tiger just took a little bit of speed off his putts, he'd make so many more of those those short putts. He would never miss a short putt. And, you know, I tell my son that all the time. I'd rather see a putt lip in than lip out. So. I try to work on that with his speed, but you know, that's about it. I mean, he knows his game. He, he's, his short game is so good. His short game is, is tour ready. Um, he just needs to get a little bit better ball striking. Yeah. Well, I mean, every, everybody needs something. I mean, there's no doubt. It's, Absolutely. Just, it's, it's never ending. That's for sure. Before I let you go, let's, let's talk about your uh, charity golf tournament yep. uh, named after, after your mother, uh, Norman DeMarco, teed up for life golf tournament. Uh, talk about that a little bit. Yeah, we're, um, we're, we're on our, this will be our, our 19th year or 20th, 20th year. Wow. This will be our 20th year. Wow. That's um, pretty impressive. Um, and last year we renamed it. It was actually the rich and normal. We lost my dad to pancreatic cancer in 2018, um, or 2017. Wow. It's been, it's been three years. Um, and, um, so this year it's up in the air of what we're going to do just because of this, what's going on. Um, yeah. you know, we know a lot of companies are struggling, um, and you know, we've been able to raise anywhere from 325 to 400,000 for 19 years. We're well over $8 million raised. Um, we do a, a grant, um, to the university of Florida for research of the, um, 
of pancreatic cancer in my dad's name. We give them $180,000 a year for a four-year um, grant of $720,000. So this will be our third year of doing that, um, and we're going to do that regardless um, of what we do. But we're we're um, rocking and rolling. Um, my brothers and um, a, a fellow named Bill Archer has has kind of taken over the reins um, of what my dad used to do. He was the my dad was kind of the the chairman of the whole whole thing and. Um, it's just a great camaraderie from a community up in Lake Mary and the country club at Heathrow that um, basically all come together and we just raise a lot of money for cancer. And it's a it's a great cause. Um, you know, it, it's kind of it, it, it's, you know, it back 20 years ago, you kind of knew somebody that knew somebody that had cancer. Now everybody's kind of directly yeah, affected definitely. by it. Um, yeah. If they haven't lost somebody, they at least know somebody who's had it. So um, it's something everybody can kind of relate to. It's it, it's, you know it's a crazy thing. I don't want to re- relate it too much to this coronavirus going on, but you know, it's the same thing. I mean, everybody's kind of locked down and um, it's more about, you know, just kind of the awareness of it. I think that's the most important thing is um, you know, the awareness of what cancer can do to people. And like, like everybody's finally starting to realize about this coronavirus, you know, keep your six feet, you know, stay inside, you know, stay away. Let, let, let's, you know, do it that way. And I think people are starting to realize that they're, they're aware of the situation now. And I think that's, you know, what we do with our tournament is just try to make people awareness and just raise, um, all that about cancer. Yeah. That's, that's great. Great. So what, what's the, the, is the tourist telling you anything about when something might, might happen or what, what's your sense? Um, you know, I know that the, I think they canceled the British open for the regular guys. I got an email yesterday saying that they just postponed the British open for us. So maybe they're trying to do that. I know the U S open has been canceled for us. Um, and for the champions tour, um, you know, we luckily, really only had the tournament Biloxi, which, you know, was such a great golf course. And so sad to see that go. Um, the one, the Rapskin up in, um, that one in the Mitsubishi electric in, um, Atlanta. So sad to see that go. Um, but again, then we lost the PG, the PGA. Um, but really the tradition was postponed. So hopefully, you know, maybe we'll only lose five or six tournaments and maybe still get to play, you know, 12 to 14, um, by the end of the year. But, Right now we're up in the air. We're just kind of going by what what goes on with um with this COVID nineteen. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, stay uh, safe and and healthy. And uh, I appreciate you coming on the podcast with me. You're one of the good guys in golf. I always uh, enjoy listening to you talk about golf too. So it's uh, it's fun to have you on, Chris. I appreciate it, Hank. Thanks. Keep doing what you're doing. We appreciate it. everybody. Be safe. All right, bud. Thanks a lot. You got it. Thank you. All right, good stuff there from Chris DeMarco, one of the good guys in golf, and he's somebody that gives back a lot too, which is which is nice to see. And uh, love love hearing him talk about golf. He he will uh, he will give you an opinion, and it's it's always a a, a good one. Some great thoughts there on uh, just being competitive and what it takes to make it on the tour. Really, really interesting stuff. All right, remember the call-in number, 833-426-5763, extension 801 is the number. You can follow me on Twitter at Hank Haney. Email questions to hankhaneygolf at outlook.com. And make sure you hit the follow button on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Just hit the follow button and we'll be there every day. Hope everybody stays safe and healthy. We'll be back again tomorrow on the Hank Haney Podcast. Have a great day. Thanks for tuning into the Hank Haney Podcast. Listen, follow, rate, and share on iTunes, on the iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. And you can make your thoughts and questions heard by emailing the show at hankhaneygoff at outlook.com 
And you can also tweet me directly by sending your tweets to at Hank Haney on Twitter. The Hank Haney Podcast is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Infinity Presents, a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. Hey there, it's Ryan Seacrest for Safeway. Head in store and shop for all your favorite personal care essentials to earn four times rewards points. Shop for products from Olay, Always, Gillette, Vicks, and Crest. Plus, check out new items like Mr. Clean Magic Eraser Ultra Thick Multi-Surface Cleaner. No more sponges or other cleaning products needed. And Head & Shoulders Bare Soothing Hydration Shampoo, a new kind of anti-dandruff shampoo with only nine ingredients. Offer expires March 26th. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com for more details.